How many of you heard of the term FOMO? Yeah. FOMO is the self-diagnose. I mean, you don't go to the doctor and get diagnosed with it, but you self-diagnose yourself with FOMO. It's an acronym meaning the fear of missing out. The fear of missing out. There are a lot of people who have this fear, who who suffer from FOMO. I'll say that. I know it sounds ridiculous, but people actually do suffer from that. And uh, people who suffer from FOMO generally say yes to any invitation because they're afraid of missing out. They imagine waking up the next morning and hearing from all of their friends of, of something amazing that happened the night before and they missed out. Or they, they wake up the next morning and hear of a crazy adventure that they went on and they missed out. Now, I suffer from FOMO. If you invite me to something, I guarantee you I will say yes, unless if I have something else going on, because I don't want to miss out on anything. We have pastor conferences where uh, all the pastors go and we have conference throughout the day, and then at night we all hang out, and I'm always the last one up, because I'm afraid of missing out on something cool happening, like a trip to Waffle House or something. Um, (laughs) But I will always say yes to an invitation, and I always do except one time. Last summer, a pastor over in Round Rock called me up and said, hey, I got tickets to the Round Rock Express game. You want to come with? And I was torn. Because it had been a long week and I had set in my mind I was only going to be watching Netflix all night and that's it. And I was just going to be relaxing. Or relaxed. But I also love baseball. And what if something amazing happens? I eventually told him I wasn't going to go and I stayed home fell asleep early, and I woke up the next morning and I looked at my phone and there was a text message from him. And he said, so this happened last night and it was a picture of him and Hall of Fame pitcher Nolan Ryan. He met Nolan Ryan and I could have too, but I chose to stay home. Talk about your heart sinking into your stomach and just regret filling you. I missed out. And that's my number one most fear is missing out. Uh, But there's nothing I could do. It's not like I could go back in time and accept the invitation. It's not like I could go back and and redo things to meet Nolan Ryan. It was over. It was done. It was a bummer. But I missed out. Today, Jesus tells a story. He tells a story, and here's your first point. He says to us, I've got an invitation for you. It's an invitation that we don't want to miss out on. It's an experience that He doesn't want you to miss. Because if you do, there's going to be more than just regret and a a heart sinking into your stomach. And so He tells us a story today. We are in Luke chapter 14. Let's start with uh, the very first verse for today. Luke 14, 16. Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. When Jesus tells a story, we call them parables. Uh, and a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So when Jesus tells these stories, there's, there's earthly aspects to them, but he is conveying a heavenly meaning. And so as we look at this story, who is a certain man preparing the great banquet? It's God. God is preparing an eternal banquet. And he sends out servants to invite people to his banquet. 
And who are those servants that carry out the invitations, that bring the invitations to people? It's not just pastors and teachers. It's you. It's anyone who tells someone about Jesus. That is you inviting them to the banquet that God is preparing. That's our privilege. That's our honor. We get to invite people. Maybe you've gone to a wedding or or, uh, a graduation party or something like that where you are excited to go. You can't wait. And so you tell everyone how excited you are. You talk about it. Uh, And though you can't invite them to a wedding because the the people who are actually getting married have to invite them, uh, this banquet you do get to. You get to talk about how exciting it's going to be and invite the person. That's our privilege. Now, as I mentioned, we aren't preparing the banquet. We're inviting. God's the one preparing the banquet. But picture for a second that you are, are, are preparing a banquet or uh, some kind of big event. And you know that leading up to that event, it's a stressful time. There's a lot of hard work that goes into throwing a big banquet or party. But the, when the day comes and all the preparations are in place, there's nothing but excitement because everything's ready. You are excited to have your house or the banquet hall filled with people that you love, smiling, laughing, talking, partying it up together. It's exciting. And God says, my banquet is ready. My party in heaven is ready. I have made it so that you have a spot here. I've ensured it. I've lived and died for you so that you have a spot. Come, enjoy the banquet. It's ready. Now, if you have FOMO, you generally say yes to any invitation because you are afraid of missing out. Uh, You don't know if something cool is going to happen. You don't know if something amazing is going to happen. But there's a chance that something could happen. Now, with this invitation, God doesn't leave us guessing. God doesn't leave us wondering what is this party, what is this banquet all about? He tells us. He gives us a sneak peek. If you want to look at it this way, he pulls back the curtain and lets us see a look at the banquet that he's prepared. And he shows us this in Revelation chapter 19. John says, Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Before we look at what they shouted, have you ever experienced something like this? Maybe it was at a a sporting event where uh, your team scored on a miraculous play and the whole crowd just stands up and yells and cheers and claps and you can feel it on your insides and you can't help but smile because you are so excited and you're just taken over by this rushing sound. That's what this is. That's what this banquet is like. And it's not just a couple hundred thousand people. It's a multitude. And here's what they're shouting. Alleluia! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give Him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and His bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, Write this, 
Blessed are those who are, invited, who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. So blessed are you, because you have been invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And if you haven't been invited before, you are now, because you are hearing God's Word. Blessed are you, invited to the wedding banquet of the Lamb. We don't have to guess what it's like. We don't have to wonder if it's going to be amazing or not. God just let us take a peek. And yet, and yet some of us say we've got better things to do. It seems almost unthinkable, doesn't it? But here's how Jesus continues his story. He, he sent, the, the master sends the servant out to invite people to the, the banquet, and here's how people respond. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field, and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant invites people to this amazing banquet and all three of these people say, not coming. I've got better things to do. There are things higher on my priority list than this banquet. And the first one says, I've, I've just bought a field. I have to go and see it. Now stop and think about that for a second. Does anyone just buy land without first looking at it? Not usually. Usually you go out and check out the field and make sure everything's good, and then you purchase the land. So this guy's probably already seen this piece of property that he's going out to look at. But even if he hasn't, what's the hurry? The field's still going to be yours tomorrow. The banquet is now. The same is true for the second guy. The second guy says, I just bought five yoke of oxen, which means absolutely nothing to us. <laughs> But for them, this was a big purchase. This was an expensive purchase. And he said, I just got this new thing. I want to go and, and try them out. The third one says, I just got married. I have a family. They're my first priority now. Maybe he's even saying, I got a honeymoon to get to. I don't have time for your banquet. Got better things to do with my life. And we sit there. And we scratch our head thinking, how in the world could you let these things get in the way of this banquet? It's mind-boggling, isn't it? And yet I wonder if that's what God thinks sometimes about us. I wonder if God looks at us and says, how can you make something as trivial as a piece of property a higher priority than my invitation to you. Because sometimes we do that, don't we? We make a, a business deal or, or business or work a higher priority than being in God's Word. Maybe we're like this guy and we bought a piece of property and we got this new ranch and uh, we can't go there during the week so the only time to go out to the ranch is on the weekend. And I'm sorry, but Sunday morning is part of my time at the ranch so I can't come to church. 
Maybe we make our, our, our new uh, shiny new objects the priority, like the oxen. Maybe we get a new book, and we love the book, and we can't put the book down. And so normally when, at night when we do our devotion, that time's been cut out because we can't put the book down. Maybe it's uh, a new car or a new vehicle. And uh, the best time to drive is on Sunday mornings. There's not any traffic around here. It's the only time. Let's go driving. Or maybe it's uh, a new fishing pole or a set of golf clubs or something. And uh, the only time to go is Sunday morning because Saturdays has become booked up as well. Or maybe we're like the third guy where we put our family before God's Word, our family before God's invitation. It's pretty wild, but uh, today I think kids' schedules are almost more jam-packed than adults' schedules. Maybe not, because I see a few of you shaking your heads, but, but only because their schedule adds to your schedule, and so you are just strung out. But isn't it true? Every Saturday, every weekend, there feels like there's something going on. Every Saturday is blocked from morning until you go to sleep at night, and the only day to sleep in is Sunday morning. So we're going to take the opportunity to sleep. Or maybe Sunday even gets booked up. For me personally, what I'm tempted to and make a more priority is, uh, I'll be honest, Netflix. I work, I come home, I go work out, I come back home, make dinner, eat well, and make dinner. I eat the dinner. And then uh, we either go for a walk and do dishes, or I just do the dishes, and then I sit on the couch and watch probably an hour of Netflix. Or more. Or more. <laughs> and, and instead of saying, hey, Ann, let's, let's take five to ten minutes here and do a, a devotion together, I watch one or more hours of Netflix. Now, is there inherently anything wrong with any of these things? Is there anything wrong with working and doing business? Is there anything wrong with purchasing land, trying out our, our new shiny possessions that we get, uh, or spending time with family? No, absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with watching Netflix. But they become a problem when they take priority over God's Word. That's when they become an issue. But still the question is, and maybe you're asking this in the back of your mind, what's the big deal? I know and believe that Jesus is my Savior. I know that it's His perfect life and innocent death that gets me to heaven. So what's the big deal if I have higher priorities? Or if I fill my time with something else? And so we conjure up, we start to think of this Jesus that says this. The invitation is always there. No big deal. You can go on doing your thing. The invitation will always be there. And so here's how we wish Jesus would have told the end of the story here. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. But make sure there's always room so that those guys I asked first will always have a spot at the banquet table. They'll change their minds eventually and I'll be waiting. 
taken from my fairy tale version. Because that's how we wish it was told, right? We wish Jesus would have said, no big deal. Make whatever you want your priority. The invitation will always be there. Because what does that allow us to do? Allows us to do whatever we want. Make our priorities whatever we want them to be and still get into heaven, still get into the banquet. And sometimes we want to have that mindset, don't we? I'll do these other things right now. I have plenty of time to receive and accept the invitation and make use of God's Word later on in life. But here's the issue with that thinking. In order to get into the banquet, we need to have faith in Jesus as our Savior. And when God's Word stops becoming the the top priority of our life, it soon snowballs to the very bottom. And maybe you've been there before. Maybe you've experienced that. Where for a a while you've been on fire and God's Word was at the top, but then soon other things became the priority and it tumbled down your list. And the big deal is, is when it's at the bottom of your list, you're not hearing God's Word. You're not in church where you hear God's Word and are built up. You're not reading God's Word. And when you're out of God's Word, faith begins to die. And here is the big deal. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed five minutes from now. And, if, and when we die, or when Jesus comes back, if we don't have faith in Jesus... There's no more invitation. There's no more invitation. And Jesus makes this point clear in how he finishes the story, how he actually finishes the story, which he says, The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. Kind of a bummer of a way to end it, isn't it? Two weeks ago, we had one that, seemed, that, that was kind of a bummer of a way to end the story too, right? And now we've got this one that, man, we don't like that ending. And the reason we don't like that ending is because as human beings, what do we do? We look at this story and we say, I see what God wants from me, but I haven't done it. Woe is me. Woe is me. This is going to be me. And we don't step back and take a look at the most amazing part of this story. We completely miss it. The amazing part of this story is your last point that you're going to take home with you today. God wants you at His banquet. That's the most amazing part of this story. God wants you at His banquet. You see, the incredible thing about this story is God's grace 
towards sinful human beings. His undeserved love towards sinful human beings. God knows you in and out. He knows your flaws. He knows your weaknesses. He knows your broken past. He knows what's coming in the future. He knows everything about you. And He says, I want you to come to my banquet. I want you here. I've put you on my list. A few months ago, I went to uh, the Lake Travis ISD's gala that they have every year. Uh, and I didn't see it on Facebook. I didn't read it in the paper. Uh, I went because someone invited me. And the, the person who invited me said, look, it's not a black tie affair, but you should wear a suit. So I showed up in a suit. And as I was getting close to the, the Hilton in downtown Austin, uh, I began to have a little doubts in my head. started thinking, well, what if I get there and I'm overdressed? What if I get there and I'm underdressed and like the majority of people are in tuxes and here I am in a suit? Even worse, what if I get up to the registration table and I say my name and they say, you're not on the list? And so I, I get up to the sixth floor and I get off the elevator and I see the registration table out in front of me. And I approach and I say to the woman behind the, the table, uh, I'm Stephen Apt. I hope I'm on the list. <laughs> and uh, she says, oh yeah, one second. She types on her computer. Sure enough, Stephen Apt, uh, you are on the list with American Constructors. Go ahead and go on in. Here's your table number. God says, I've invited you to my banquet. I've put you on my list because of Jesus' perfect life and innocent death. It's not a black tie affair. It's it's not a suit affair. Uh, Rather, I'm going to give you the clothes you need, and it's the clothes of Christ's perfection. Put on his perfect robes, his perfect clothes, and come to my banquet. And then he goes so far as to lovingly invite you to his banquet. He extends his invitation and says, Come, it's all ready. Incredible, right? That God wants you, and he's taking care of everything so that you can be there. The holy and perfect God wants to have a party with you. Uh, think about this for a minute. Uh, imagine if your CEO, if uh, the President of the United States or uh, your favorite sport, sport athlete of all time, uh, let's say one of them invite you personally to a banquet. Imagine how excited you'd be. Imagine how honored you'd be. This is God Himself personally inviting you to come to His banquet, personally inviting you and taking care of all the preparations that you can be there. You just have to show up. He's even giving you your clothes. You don't have to dress yourself and worry about what to wear. He's got your clothes for you. It's Christ's perfection. It's incredible, this story, because here we see that God wants you at His banquet. So what do we do now? What do we do from here? Well, I I think we leave here And we take a hard look at ourselves. And we take a hard look at our priority list. What is my priorities? What are my priorities? Where does God's Word fall on those lists of priorities? Am I I, uh, prioritizing the party here on earth with the priorities of life? Or am I prioritizing God's Word? How do I view church personal devotion, family devotion, do, do I view it as a, a have to 
or get to and want to. For most of us, maybe all of us, those things are a want to, right? Because it's in God's Word where we hear how much God loves us. That He sent Jesus to die for us, that we have a spot at His banquet. It's in God's Word where we hear His invitation to come to His banquet. Right? And so let's close today and leave here and examine our priority list. And then if if we need to make changes, make those changes with God's help to make God's Word more of a priority in our life. Because it's when we make God's Word a priority in our life that we start to receive some of the blessings from the banquet now. We start to live in peace, in joy, in forgiveness, and security. Those are all blessings from the banquet that we get to start enjoying here and now. And so as we go out to do this, let's close this morning with a prayer asking God, uh, the God of all grace, the God of undeserved love, to help us accomplish this. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we praise and thank You that You made us a priority uh, and saved us from our sins and gave us a seat in, the, in Your banquet. Lord, we ask You to help us look at our priorities, priority lists and help us to make the changes that we need and, and continue in making Your Word a priority. Amen. Please stand.